0: Hola, and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas habitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and what better way to continue our theme of just relaxing and enjoying the holiday season than with family games. I don't know about you, but my family loves to play games. We don't always agree on what kind of game, you know, board game, card game, traditional game, modern game, etc. But when we do find a game that works for all of us, we play it all the time. So gather your loved ones around and begin incorporating Spanish into your playtime. After all, language learning is hard work, but it should be fun. So let's go ahead and start episode 63, Four Fun Family Games to Practice Your Spanish. Just a quick note on my affiliate disclosure policy, so this podcast is going to include Amazon affiliate links in the show notes, or if you're reading or listening to this and you're reading the blog, it will include affiliate links in the blog. So in essence, at no extra charge to you, this means that I receive a small commission if you choose to purchase the product using my link. I used to only recommend products this way that I had bought and used myself and that I found useful. But then realize that there are actually a lot of products I have used but not yet purchased such as the game of Scrabble. And although I haven't prioritized purchasing these things for my own life, I would still highly recommend them for others who might be interested in using them now. So I've updated my policy and I'll of course include a link to that in the show notes. But my policy now is to only promote items via affiliate links if I have used them and found them useful. So not necessarily have I bought all of these games that we'll be talking about, but I have played every single one and I think they are awesome for this. With the exception of Story Cubes. So you'll notice that there is no affiliate link for Story Cubes because I haven't played it and I honestly can't recommend it from personal experience. I just know that I've heard other language learners talk about it and say that it's great for this, so I'm including it in this list. But again, there will be no affiliate links because I personally can't attest to how awesome they are or not. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started with some fun family games you can practice your Spanish with. For this episode, I try to focus on games that most people might have just lying around their home. You'll notice that many of these are word-based games. This is because I have a lot of friends and family who own at least one of these games. So if you have a different experience and can recommend other games to help practice Spanish, please send me an email. And obviously this list is not... The end all be all. It's only four games, so there are definitely way more games out there that are awesome for this. Who knows? Maybe we'll do another episode on it. I guess we'll see how much people like this episode, right? Anyways, let's start with number one Uno. So, how do you play Uno? Uno is really simple and really quick, generally. You start the game with so many cards in your hand, and the goal of the game is to get rid of them, all of them. Now you do this by matching the card in your hand to the one in the discard pile, either by having the same number, the same color, or a wild card. When you get down to one card, be sure to say UNO. And if you manage to get rid of that, you win. So Spanish practice. I suppose this one is pretty obvious, but it is very easy to use UNO to practice Spanish. In fact, it's a really good game to begin teaching Spanish to little kids. The colors and the symbols mean kids can play it from a pretty early age. I'd say maybe beginning around three. Keeping in mind that the actual manufacturer says the game is for ages seven and up, but I have seen, I think she's three, three or four, three or four year old playing it. So as soon as they're able to differentiate colors and can figure out that you put cards on top of each other if they match the number or the color, I'd say go ahead and start, which, you know, can be pretty early. But, my disclaimer here is that you always run the risk, right, with playing with young kids of your cards being destroyed, so I guess if you wanna do it that early, handle at your own risk. Anyways, the cool thing about UNO, right, is that the only thing you really have to read are numbers and signs, which you can easily translate into Spanish for yourself, or for the little ones, or even for other beginning Spanish-speaking adults you might be playing with. And to help you out, here are some key Spanish terms and phrases for the game. Now, I have put in the blog, in parentheses, other terms I've seen but otherwise the card titles were pulled from a PDF I found of the rules in English and Spanish. But I know depending on where you're from, the card titles might vary so I've tried to include other versions as well. So, the draw to card is called roba dos, or you can say chúpate dos o Tomados. Reverse is carta reversa or carta de retorno, dar la vuelta, or retorno el orden, or invertir el orden. So lots of options with that one. The skip card is carta salta, or carta de intermisión prohibido, or saltar. A wild card is called un comodín de color, or elección de colores, comodín, or cambio de color. A while draw four is carta comodín roba cuatro. Or you could say tomar cuatro colores or chúpate cuatro. Skip a turn is perder tu turno. So these are just phrases now. Draw a card, robar una carta. Or you could say tomar una carta. Your turn is toca a ti or tu turno. The draw pile is called la pila para robar, or you could just call it el mazo. And the discard pile is la pila para descartar, or you could call it el mazo de descartes. Now you can find other sites with the rules in English, and I've got at least three other sites with the rules in Spanish, so if you really want to dive into which version you want to use and kind of get a feel for how the game flows in Spanish, go ahead and check those links out. Now. Our second game is Scattergories. Now how do you play? This is a word game where you have a bunch of lists with different categories on them. For example, list one might have categories like boy names, capital cities, superheroes, etc. And at the beginning of each round, you start with a brand new list and a random letter. You then have to use this letter to answer each category on the list. So using our previous example, this would look like boy names, Ned, capital cities, New Delhi, superheroes, Nightwing, etc. Now, if you or someone else comes up with the same answer, you don't get any points. So how can you use this for Spanish practice? So some friends introduced me to this game in college, and I've loved it ever since. It was a big hit with my immediate family, with my mom being especially good at it. I've seen her complete her list, then go around the table and help at least two others before the time ran out. Now, there are two ways you could play this game to practice your Spanish. One you can use the English list, but only give responses in Spanish, or two, you can write out Spanish categories or Spanish list beforehand and do everything in Spanish. Now, while this game can be challenging in English, I imagine it is even more so in Spanish. So I've included a link to a site that I just found that can help you in both languages in coming up with answers. Now, don't, obviously, don't use it while you're playing because that's cheating and no one likes playing with a cheater. So wait until the end to get some ideas for the next game. Now, if that's just too much temptation for you, I've also included a link to some Spanish lists, as well as several other ideas for categories in English, just in case you play so much that you get bored with the original ones. Our third game is Scrabble. How to play. You have lettered tiles that have different values on them. The rarer the letter is in English, the higher the point value for playing it. The goal is to place your tiles on the board and create words that get you the most points. So how can you use this for Spanish practice? I mean, who hasn't spent a few hours carefully looking over a Scrabble board? It's a great way to build up your vocabulary. And I recommend using the official online Merriam-Webster Scrabble dictionary to resolve any disputes. And of course I'll include that link. Me and my friends have used that dictionary many times. Now, why not give your brain a challenge and do it in Spanish? So of course, I have included another dispute resolution resource, but in Spanish. Now you can purchase multiple different versions of Scrabble in Spanish, at least according to Wikipedia. But the point of this episode was to help you play games in Spanish that you already have at home. So I recommend trying to emulate the Latin American version of the game. It has 108 tiles, and the only differences between it and the English version are that it has 4 CH tiles, so not C and H as separate tiles, but literally combined into one. It has three double L tiles for that Y sound, or Z, just depends where you're from, and then three ny tiles, so that N with the squiggly line over it. And of course, it has no W tiles. So in theory, if you use one of your blank tiles and temporarily make it and all of your W tiles, the enye tiles, I think you could get away with missing the other seven. And of course if you happen to have seven extra tiles hanging around you could just commandeer them into being CH and double L tiles too. So there you go. That being said, if you really love Scrabble and you want to get the tiles you need, I have included a link to Wikipedia's article on letter distributions for the Spanish version of Scrabble. And if you want to check out the different letters and compare and all of that, then you can use the article to figure out which tiles you need for which Spanish version you prefer, and you can purchase those tiles from a place like Etsy where you can customize them rather than just buying a big bulk order of English tiles because that does you no good, obviously. Anyways, our last one is Story Cubes. Now, I have never purchased or played these, so I can't say from experience if they're any good and also, as I said, will not be posting any affiliate links, just a link to a search on Amazon so you can see what I'm talking about. But I have heard of them from other language users recommending them, and in theory, I think they sound great. I'm hoping to buy some for my kids when they're older so I can get them to practice their language skills. But basically, you roll the cubes and use the icons on them to create stories. And telling stories is a wonderful pastime, and it's a great way to practice all sorts of Spanish vocabulary, grammar, different tenses, etc. The whole gamut. While we aren't going to have a cultural tip this week, I did want to do a Thanksgiving surprise. So surprise! Since Thanksgiving is this week, I thought I would share some Thanksgiving songs with you. Here in the US, we have a bad habit of skipping over Thanksgiving and beginning to decorate for Christmas, listening to Christmas music, etc. in early November. You know who you are. So to help combat this monstrosity, here are some Thanksgiving songs you can play until after the 25th, and then you can switch to Christmas music. I did try to find some songs in Spanish, but uh, the ones I found were really really cheesy and aimed at kids and I don't plan on listening to them again so I didn't feel right putting them here anyway the first one is by Matthew West it's just too funny not to share it's called Gobble Gobble and of course for all of these I will be including in the podcast notes links to these on YouTube so please check them out if you would like some Thanksgiving music there's a very sweet one by Ben Rector called The Thanksgiving Song it's just it's adorable I love it There's also a country music style version by the Petersons, which again, I will include links to all. And then most importantly, giving thanks to God for the good things in our lives. It's really what the day is all about. So there's a Thanksgiving medley by Saddleback Worship, and there is an adorable, and alright, it's a little cheesy, but it is adorable, thankful song. It's a children's Thanksgiving song by Shauna Belt Edwards. Now, you have no excuse not to listen to music on Thanksgiving Day. Now, I'm, I'm really not that much of a, of a stickler, although we really do not play Christmas music in our house until after Thanksgiving. But I hope you have a great Thanksgiving if you are celebrating here in the US. And if you're not, why not join us anyway? There's cranberry relish, pumpkin pie, one of my favorites, along with sweet potato casserole, and mm, so good. Okay, now I'm really psyched for Thursday. One final note, if you are wishing for some fall vocabulary, seeing as how we just finished Halloween and are on our way to Thanksgiving, check out episode 19, Fall Vocabulary. Now, it is one of my older ones, so you can see the PowerPoint on YouTube as well. Anyways, um, one of the things I am thankful for are my listeners, so thank you so much. I really do appreciate you. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I'll see you in two weeks. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources I used for this episode. If you would prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey, so if you have any questions about Spanish culture or grammar, or if you need a Spanish-to-English translator or language consultant, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information at www.languageanswers.com. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey. Aprovechalo, disfrútalo, y compártelo. See you in two weeks. Hasta luego.